Who's happy that Jesus is here? Come on. Am I in the right place? I know you might be a little tired because Penn State won last day. Come on. All right. Hey, I have to see Pastor Keith after this, so I'm not talking about Ohio State. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to say thank you to your pastors, um, one of my best friends to this day. Over 10 years. 10 years. That's a long time. Man, that's a long time. But one of our best friends, Goddaughter, uh, Godfather to our, my daughter, our daughter. And we are honored and humble to, to be in fellowship with you guys. And let's just, can we just give it up for your pastors? Come on. <laughs> to the staff here at CWC, they do an excellent job of, uh, of just communicating the gospel, right? And so we appreciate you guys, and, and we tune in when we can on, on your live stream. And it's just an awesome because Pastor Keith, uh, it's not about him, but, but he, he does a pretty good job. Right? He does, he, does, he does a good job. Sometimes he makes me a little jealous, but that's all right. But it's good. He is, he is a blessing to our family, and hopefully I know he's a blessing to your family. So we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to be in, in chap, uh, John chapter 5 here today. And, you know, I'm excited for this new year. How many are excited for the new year? I love, I, lo- I always love the, the season of the new year because it just, it, it, it does something. It, it gets people amped up, right? You, you take the gyms, for example, right? The gyms are packed, right? Everybody's getting their, their workout on and different things like that. But come February, they're empty, right? And that's okay because it leaves me to, to do my business at the gym. And, and so, but I love the season uh, we're going to be started who has their resolutions made up already? Hard, anybody hardcore like that? No? Maybe you're thinking about it. Anybody has thought about it? All right, a couple of people. That's good. That's good. You know, I, I had some resolutions uh, this year, and I was like, well, I want to read more. So I'm going to put some subtitles on my TV. Amen? Come on. Andy, that's a free one for you. All right? That's a free one for you. Uh, but, no, we all have these uh, resolutions that we want or goals kind of to to make us be a better person, right, to make us be a better husband, maybe a better wife or or maybe a better co-worker or anything like that. Um, But let me tell you something that, that God, the best thing that Jesus wants to do for us here is not change anything from the outside but from within the inside. Right. Each year we, we, we come up with a list to say, hey, I'm going to change all these outside habits. Right. But let me tell you that Jesus is concerned with the inside of you before he's concerned about the outside. Right. Because, listen, it's good to eat healthy. Right. There's nothing wrong with eating healthy. There's nothing wrong with, with, with trying to, 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 to carry yourself in a different manner that, 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 that's, that's saying, oh, man, that person is a, 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 a person of character and different things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with trying to watch how you speak and, and what you put into your body. It, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you that Jesus just doesn't want to start there. He wants to start in here. Amen. He wants to start with your heart. I don't know if you guys don't have too much of a 
Latino population, but we call it the corazón, right? The heart. All right? You get a little Bible and a little language lesson here today. Amen. But we're in John chapter 4, and, you know, I just want us, the, 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 I was a little nervous about this sermon. I'm not going to lie, right? I was a little nervous. I'm like, Georgia, my wife, Georgia. I was like, Georgia, what, what sounds good? I actually prepared two different messages, and I was like, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a points type of dude, and I'm like, I got points, and, I'm gonna, and it's going to be good. And I was like, but I wasn't feeling it. The, my spirit was like, no, that's not it. And so I created uh, the Lord. I didn't do anything. The Lord led me to another passage, and I was like, all right, Lord, this is it. And I was a little nervous all yesterday. I'm like, man, Lord, please help me. Please help me, Lord. And, but just the Lord just confirmed through just prayer time this morning, and when me and Pastor Keith were in our office, uh, like this is the thing that we're supposed to be preaching on and sharing with you guys today. And I want you guys, this might be a familiar story to you, and maybe you might not have heard it before, but let me encourage you that, that this story in, in John 4 is, is very important for us to grasp and understand and to take a new look at it, right? Because let me talk, I want you to focus on yourself today. You, that, that's not normally said in a church service. Focus on yourself, right? It's always worried about the other person. But in Deuteronomy, it says, it says before anything, you love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. It says you. So maybe you drug your husband in here, or maybe you drug your wife in here. Maybe you drug your kids in here today and say, you need a little bit more Jesus in you today, right? But let me tell you, it's not about the person that's sitting next to you, but it's about you today. Because the first thing Jesus wants to do in your year 2020 is show you a miracle. And we're going to see why in this story. The first thing that Jesus even wants to do today before 2020 happens is reveal your heart. The first thing that Jesus wants to do is get a hold of you so you could be a blessing and a miracle to somebody else. Amen? You guys, you guys with me? Listen, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and so I'm, I'm used to little interaction and stuff like that, so I won't get too crazy on you. So John chapter 4, verse starting, uh, let's skip a little. I'll tell you that uh, here we're talking about the, the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. Anybody heard that preach before, right? Again, let's get a new lens on this, all right? Be open. And listen, I'm, I'm going to be talking about sin today, right? I'm just warning you. I'm going to talk about sin, and, and my point about talking about sin is not to make you feel guilty at all. You hear? You hear what I'm saying? It's not to make you feel guilty at all, but it, it, it's to make you realize that there's somebody, there's a Savior, his name is Jesus Christ, and he could save you from whatever you're dealing with today. Pastor Keith was up here talking about that a little bit. I'm like, don't be stealing my sermon. Please. I got I to, gotta, you know, say something. Anybody been through an accident or maybe somebody helped you out really well, right? What do you do? You praise them. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you, doctor, for revealing this in my life. Thank you for doing X, Y, and Z. We're not like, oh, I'm such a bad person. No. There's a moment for that to realize, like, I'm not good as I thought I was. 
but there is somebody who's better than us. Amen? So that's the, that's the perspective I want you to see. So we're talking about the woman at the well, and now uh, starting in chapter John 4, verse 1, it says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard <clears throat> excuse me, that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. And so what's happening here in the first couple of chapters, because this is a big chunk of scripture, and I want to get make sure we get through everything, is that Jesus is up to, heading to Galilee, and he has to cut through Samaria. So first of all, to, to, to cut through Samaria, usually Jews, Jesus being a Jew, did not do that. They always went around, took the longer way. Why? Because they had no dealings with Samaritans, right? In our culture, 2019, that would say, I don't deal with Puerto Ricans. That's what it's saying. I can say that because I'm Puerto Rican. I don't deal with this type of culture. I don't deal with this type of people group. That, that's what's happening here. And so Jesus, being the guy that he is, he just cuts right, right straight through Samaria. And we see that in the first couple of verses, and he meets this woman at the, at the well. So verse 7, it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Because his disciples went into town, got him a little food. Verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Again, Jews did not associate with Samaritans, right? It's like us seeing somebody on the street uh, that they're just no good. I stay away from them, right? Verse 10, it says, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman says, sir, you have nothing to draw the, 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 draw the water up. The well is too deep. And, and she goes on and talks about Jacob a little bit. And, and in verse 13, it, it, it says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't be thirsty and have to keep coming in here to draw the water again. And so what's happening here is this, that, that Jesus interacts with this lady and, and you know, she, she's, he, he's talking about uh, a whole def, different type of topic you know, talking about spiritual matters, and she's trying to talk about physical matters. And then in verse 16, he says, he told her, go call your husband and come back. And she says, I have no husband. She replied, Jesus said to her, you're right, and when you say you have no husband, in fact, you have had five husbands. And the men you have now is not your husband. And she says, that's quite true. That is quite true. Verse 19, it says, Sir, the woman said, You can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but the Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. The woman, Jesus, replied, Believe me, at, at the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor on Jerusalem. The, Samaritan woman, uh, the Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For the salvation is from the Jews, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. 
The woman said, I, I know the, that the Messiah is called Christ is coming. She still doesn't realize who she's talking to. She, doesn't still, she realizes she doesn't know who, he's, who she's talking to. And so let's skip a little bit. I'm going to skip over to verse 39. It's not that the rest of the verses are not important, but we want to make sure we get to what's really going on in this, in this passage. And so she realizes in verse 26, then Jesus declared that I am the one speaking to you. I am he, right? And then she goes into town. She realizes it that who she's talking to goes into town and tells everybody, and a lot of people get saved. And so we talked a little bit about Jesus, and I want to talk about the woman real quick. It's, it, she's at the well at the wrong time. Usually, let's picture this, August in Tyrone, Pennsylvania, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It's what? It's hot. I like it hot. No AC. I like, that's, that's the way I like it. My wife, she don't like it that way. But can you picture this? No AC, out in the sun, no suntan lotion, no sunscreen, none of that, no umbrellas. She's out here in the middle of the day. Now, usually what will happen is you'll have a bunch of women who will get up early, take all their buckets, and head down to this well. And, and, and they gather like a herd and go down to the well and to draw water, right? They're talking about their life. They're talking about their husbands. They're talking about their kids, talking about their husbands a little bit more, right? But we find her that she's out of community, right? She's out of community and is at the well, but... Who does she run into? She doesn't expect anybody to be at the well. And who she runs into? The Savior, right? She has come by herself. She's not in community. Why is this? Because she has five husbands. She has five husbands. She had five husbands, and she's working on her six. Now, today, we, we might just think that's a, a crazy four-year stint in Penn State. Yeah. That's our culture, Right? Maybe five years if you're a little slacker like I was. But we see, we don't, we don't know. We don't know what's going on here. Uh, uh, why the, the sixth guy is not marrying her because the five are, or maybe they're dead. And the sixth guy is like, I'm not going out like that. This lady's like a death magnet. Or maybe she's wildly promiscuous. We don't know. It, it really doesn't say, right? But the one thing we do know, it's a mark of shame. It's a mark of shame for her because that shame has saturated her life. It has affected her ability to walk in community. It's a, it, 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 it has kept her in hiding. And I love this. I, lo I love the fact that Jesus does not tiptoe around her sin. I love that he doesn't tiptoe around her sin or the fact that she needs a healing, that she needs a miracle. He's just not saying like, hey, look at you. you have, you're working on your, your sixth marriage. Your, 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 your kids are all out of whack. Your husband's out of whack. Your wife's out of whack, this or that. You know, he, he just doesn't point to the sin. He's like, but listen, I, I have something for you today that can bring you healing, that can make you whole. Because this is what she's saying. She's like, I'm weary of life. I'm tired. I'm weary of hiding. I'm weary of coming uh, out here in the middle of the day by myself, feeling ashamed, feeling, feeling like I'm trash, feeling like I'm X, Y, and Z. You, you, you can fill in the blank. 
Any of us been weary before? Tired of the mess, tired of the junk, tired of this or that? And so finally, she says, give me this water. And what does Jesus say? Go get your husband. I'm like, dang, Lord, that's a little bit cruel. I'm like, finally, she gives in. She's at a place where she's like, give me this water so I don't have to come out here no more. And Jesus says, go get your husband. Like, we know that's not the best way to, to, to bring people to church, right? We're like, dang, Jesus, like, that's not, you know, all the pastors in this nation would say that's not the best way to, to win converts and stuff like that. But how many know that Jesus does ministry a little different? He does it the right way, right? He calls us out where we are, not to put us on blast, but to bring healing to our life, to make us whole. Amen? So he touches the most tender, the most shame-filled, guilt-ridden part. The most tender part he touches. And today, it would be like this. Go get your computer. Let me check the history on it. Go get your family. Let me see the report they bring back. Go get your coworkers. Go get your mistress. Go get your pain. Go get your sickness. Go get whatever it is and bring it to me because I could provide healing. I can provide a miracle work and power for your life. And I don't stand up here saying I've never seen that stuff before because listen, I am a miracle in myself. I am a miracle in myself. And I'm sure people could stand up in this room today and stand up and say, I am also a miracle. So Jesus wants the most tender part, shame-filled, guilt-ridden part of us. Because he wants to change us so we could be a change agent for our community, for our world. I love this story. Like I said, we, we might have heard it before. We might have heard it a little too often. But as Pastor Keith said, if we're to be a miracle uh, working power in our families, in our community, in our schools, it starts with you. And so it's, since it starts with us, we have to realize what's in here. What's in our heart? What are we hiding, Right? What are we trying to, to run from? Because let me tell you, so many times in churches across this country and even in the world that we could show up on Sunday mornings, we could dress nice and, and have it all together, uh, but you're hurting inside. Just a couple minutes ago, you were arguing with, with, with your spouse, and then you come up here in church, you better start acting right. You tell your kids. People got to know we're happy. We have it all together. Don't act like you never did that before. <laughs> right? Because I, I, I've argued with my wife a couple of times before service. But we're filled with pain and hurt. And Jesus says, you don't have to live that way no more. And we actually do it well, too. We actually do it pretty well. And it's why 
it stops us from being really intimate with Christ. We could all profess to be Christians but have this disconnect with the Lord. It's just the, the way it is. But Jesus doesn't want to do that anymore, right? And then as, the, as he confronts the woman, go get your pain, go get your whatever it is that's stopping you from being intimate with me and having fellowship with the body, you, know, you notice what she does? She talks about some other stuff. Well, the Messiah this, and, and people say we're going to worship over here. And, right? It's pretty cool. It's a, it's, a, it's a G move, actually. Because Jesus is like, let me talk about this pain that you're feeling. Let me talk about your sickness. Let me talk about your cancer. Let me talk about your sin. Let me talk about X, Y, and Z. And she's like, man, this is, I could picture it now, right? She's all snotty and teary-eyed. And she's like, this is too much for me. This is too uncomfortable. This is my heart. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And so she, she changed the subject. She deflects, right? She changes the subject. And Jesus plays along. And we're good at that too, right? We're good at that when we hear a, a, pass, a message that Pastor Keith is bringing and, and it hits home to us and we're like, man, that's me, but man, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that right now. I just want to go home and watch the game and, and, and eat food. That's all I want to do. I don't want to deal with this mess that I'm dealing with. So she deflects. And then she realizes, Christ tells her, I'm the one who can bring healing to your life. I'm the doctor who can heal you. I'm the person who can set things up where you don't have to struggle with this thing anymore that you've been struggling for umpteen years. And then what she does so he does it. Her eyes are open. He deals with this issue in her life. And she says, come and see the man. Do you hear those words? Come and see the man. She goes into town and says, come see the man. I'm thinking like, man, she has killed another man. Because that's her reputation. Come see a man who has told me everything that I have done. Go get your mess. Go get that thing that's been plaguing your life, that's been stopping us from having relationship, from having intimacy. For me, as we, as we close here, Brett could come up. The greatest miracle that Jesus Christ wants to do in our life in 2020, even here today, is to heal your heart. Heal your heart, heal the wounds, heal your sickness, whatever it might be. Jesus Christ wants to do that to you. Because he's here with us, he is for with us, he is here for us. And I love in the later verses of this, it says, she dropped her water bucket and ran and was telling people about what has happened. Now, water, in, in, water means life, right? 
And some of us just need to drop our old life. She dropped her old life and ran to what Christ had for her. We are all women at the well. Men, I don't care. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Get over it. We are all that person at the well that's been hiding, that's been struggling with whatever is on the computer, whatever sickness, whatever this, whatever that. Maybe it's none of that stuff. Maybe it's a realization that you can't live without a Savior in your life anymore. My will was that I was a, a drunkard. I was a liar. I was a cheater. I chased so, so many tails around. Until one night I got thrown in the drunk tank. Christmas Eve. And I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I was, that, I was like that woman at the well that was like, Lord, I'm making up any excuse I can do to get out of this. To not face my pain, face my trouble. But Jesus comes and says, drop your old life and run to me. Because I want to turn you into a miracle story. And I know you guys don't know me all that well or anything like that. But I tell you that, that my story is a miracle story. And your story is a miracle story as well too. If you let Jesus Christ do the work that he needs to do. When we all stand to our feet real quick. Listen, I have tasted what the world has, and it's lying to me. Even as a pastor, there's still things that that I struggle with, and I'm not I'm not telling you that to make to, to make you think some crazy things about me. But sometimes I struggle with work, where I'll work myself to death. Because that's something that I would do. There, there's things that Christ is still revealing to me because I am not uh, fully whole yet. And none of us will ever be. So today in this room, let's just be honest with ourselves. Like I said, don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about your buddy that's sitting behind you saying, oh, what will he think? Because let me tell you, your story is not worth that. Your, your, your testimony is not worth that. The miracle that Jesus wants to do right here, right now, it, it's not worth leaving behind because of somebody else's opinion and thoughts. Your coworker who needs to hear the love of Jesus Christ and hear your story and hear how God has delivered you from whatever it is, that's worth it. Because if we don't deal with, with whatever's going on in ourselves today, it will have a negative outcome in the future. What we do today, what we say, what we plan today will have determined who we are in the future. Make sense? So these all altars will be open. If you need to come down here, I would encourage you. So when we all bow our heads right now, and Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for us just diving into the word a little bit and picking apart this story of the woman in the well, the Samaritan woman that Jesus Christ
across all barriers, oh Father God. And today, oh Father God, I pray that somebody here today would realize it and see that I need a Savior. I need a healing. I need to be delivered from whatever it is. And if guys today here, if there's anybody in this room that needs to give their heart to Christ, won't you just slip it up right now to say, and I need healing from whatever. You could slip it up right now. I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you or anything like that. Thank you. So Lord, today as we enter into worship, deal with us. In the name of Jesus, amen.